0: welcome to heating up
1: a podcast about climate change
0: our very dangerous future
1: and what you can do about it i'm corinne i'm derek
0: and this is our podcast yeah
1: episode 51
0: Ooh, that's a doozy maybe
1: the last one maybe the last one <laughs> <laughs> who knows on the
0: heels of breaking news we can't
1: quit now corinne we're ratcheting up the charts here are we ratcheting yeah up i have the charts? so much good news do it's, you oh good and bad news
0: always good and bad news it's never
1: good news <laughs> but first let's get into uh what your day's been up. i know that today uh whatever was going on has all been interrupted with this afternoon late breaking news in the
0: last 45 minutes
1: yeah that uh RBG, rbg has died
0: though it was inevitable and expected you never wanted it to happen you some part of sure. you thought maybe she lives to 102 who knows
1: sure i feel like you were saying right before we recorded y- i there's... harbor a
0: little resentment exactly i listen i love the gal i think she's done some great work in her time i don't understand her friendships with the other people in the supreme court i can't but um i'm a little upset that she held out for a principle of, that basically she didn't retire she said in she, Obama's she second didn't term. she didn't retire for obama because she wanted a woman president to pick her and you know maybe
1: that was some hubris
0: hop off that high horse you got there uh save america um because right now we're looking at the reverse of roe versus wade i'm sorry to say i think it's gone
1: yeah i mean the only chance is if somehow biden pulls out a miracle victory and trump isn't allowed to railroad in a pick before it is
0: gonna be a tough to do in two months i guess but and and they have stopped they did stop barack from when yeah but that
1: doesn't matter it's do as i say not as I i do i know
0: i know uh and also it's a it's several hail marys in a row For the circumstances to be someone that's not a horrible anti-choice person. Yeah. So anyway, there are groups that are teaching how to do underground abortions. So everyone should search those out.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Maybe maybe on a later podcast.
0: (laughs) That's my side podcast. Corinne gets radical.
1: Yeah. Well, that definitely put a damper on what was already a not great week. (laughs) So, it's true. <laughs> uh, good week for the Heating Up podcast, though. Was it? Well, mixed good reviews. Bad. Uh We had a couple of new reviews, which is nice. Let's start with the negative. We'll, we'll start with the negative. You want to start with the negative? I
0: always want to start with the
1: negative. Okay. No one
0: remembers the positive because they're waiting for the negative to come.
1: We got a three-star review.
0: Oh, that's not terrible. No, not bad. Hey, the review hey, hey. said
1: uh, they kept skipping ahead to find out when we were going to get to the topic mentioned in the title. And then halfway through the episode, they gave up. Basically, they're upset that we're too chatty.
0: Okay, have they ever listened to my favorite murder? Because those ladies talk for an hour before they get to anything, and they're like the number one podcast.
1: Sure, I do. Okay, um, I, but
0: okay, you know what? Fair. I appreciate the review. It was constructive, and uh, I'm not upset by it.
1: I'm not upset by it. I think he's he's got a point. Fair you know, enough. If you say you're going to get to something, you might as well do it. So I did come up with a solution. How's that? Uh, more work for me, basically. Uh, From here on out, and I'll go back through the catalog as well. I'm gonna timestamp in the when
0: the conversation when the conversation
1: actually turns to the prepping topic. Listen,
0: your reviews have instant uh, change.
1: Exactly. So I'll go back through. Don't hold your breath on it. But (laughs) starting with this podcast uh, and moving forward, we'll put a timestamp in the in the the show notes about where when we actually get to the topic.
0: Great. Fair enough. Actually, I'm i'm pleasantly surprised i thought it was going to be like that girl's voice is annoying i don't like you guys your bad opinions
1: no well we did have another person contact us and say that they wanted me to tell you that the midwest is the best and that i saw that yeah we're laughing that you uh
0: they enjoyed that i i scoffed at having to move to the midwest listen midwest truly there's nothing wrong with you uh i i just am from california and the idea of having to deal with re- weather <laughs> concerns me. Like, we're not obviously. dealing with weather right now. We're dealing with hot, hot weather and fires. True. But I, I have a snow day. Snow. I can't imagine. How do you drive in not worry. The planet's chains? heating up so you have much. You put chains on your tires? What does that even do? That seems like it'd make <laughs> driving harder. Yes and no. I don't see how that works. Uh, what do you do? You just stay in your house? You can't leave. It's quarantine all winter, I guess.
1: I have some more good news, though. Let's hear it. We actually had a spike in uh, in listening last couple of weeks, and we have climbed to number 507 (laughs) on the Podcast USA news charts.
0: Oh. 507.
1: (laughs) Corinne, we almost broke the top 500. There is only
0: 506 people better than us.
1: (laughs) Well, I don't know. (laughs) I'd say there's quite a few below us that are better than (laughs) us.
0: Listen, I'm thrilled. I couldn't be happier.
1: I'd like to thank everyone our cousin tony (laughs) i'd
0: like to thank tony um appreciate it brent listens i appreciate that Mm -hmm. no this was great i was actually this is one good thing about being uh realistic some people describe me as pessimistic i don't (laughs) describe myself as that uh is that i expect something horrible so when you said we got a not so great review i'm assuming not so great means horrible. shut up and die you are the worst why did i bother wasting my time you guys are morons so, to me, I didn't like that I couldn't get to the bulk of the... Not a problem. Very great. Fine. Yeah,
1: he's, it's fair. It's accurate. Fair enough. <laughs> I can't be
0: upset by that one.
1: We haven't gotten to anything, and it's already 10 minutes into this thing. Oh,
0: come on. Hardly.
1: All right. Anyways, Corinne, enough chit-chat. Okay. Let's get to... Is this news-heavy? It's... Well, we don't really have a prepping topic today. We do have some nonsense. We're actually going to kind of rehash some ground that we've covered before, but... We've got more news. It, it doesn't have a ton of news, but it's not good. It's not good. I'm not going to lie. It's not good.
0: Uh, I knew it was a bad sign when I saw cold Pepsi sitting on the table and a bag of M&Ms for me. <laughs> I knew that was a bad sign.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. No, I mean, uh, it's not well, there's good.
0: There's a lot of handwritten no, notes is... on here, too. This is concerning.
1: <laughs> hold on, all the right. The
0: length alone is... All right. Okay, we're starting here. Hold out a few pages. Are those to never return again? Maybe. Who knows? Okay.
1: So... Uh, One of the basic premises of this show, as we've talked about quite a few times, is it's a point that we like to hit home. The principle that was in the Shock Doctrine, the book by Naomi Klein, which is that basically natural disasters and other climate shocks will not be wake-up calls for us to change for the better. But in reality, these are going to be shocks to the system used by those in power to make everything worse, to railroad through more of the worst stuff. Yes. So we keep kind of talking about it, and one of the ways you can fight it is by being aware of it and knowing that it's going to be happening and being prepared for when you know these shocks happen, so that you can a- can actually fight you know, against them. fight against them. And just to prove that this is true, uh, during a podcast hosted by the Canadian Association of Oil Well Drilling Contractors. Hold on a
0: second, they have a podcast. It's Are they higher than us on the chart? Six yeah. better than us.
1: Alberta's energy minister Sonia Savage was asked about the Trans Mountain pipeline. She so the, the construction has gone ahead on this pipeline despite all sorts of terrible things. So that it first, always breaks. Well, yeah. First, because it's already broken. Then the company Kinder Morgan that was going to build it basically gave up on building it because of all the activists and indigenous people who had been fighting against that sounds it. Sounds good. They basically said oh, it's going to get too expensive. We're not going to do it. At which point the Canadian government stepped in and said, "We'll do it." <laughs> <laughs> and bought the pipeline, and said they're going to railroad it through. So it's still going forward. The So the Alberta's energy minister said, quote, now is a great time to be building a pipeline because you can't have protests of more than 15 people.
0: Oh my god, he said it out loud. She did, yeah. You're supposed, that's the thing you whisper in exactly. <laughs>
1: Uh Exactly. I actually titled this part, said the quiet part loud.
0: <laughs> yes, that's the thing.
1: <laughs> so uh, yeah, exactly right. So the, basically they said, because of the coronavirus and the restrictions on group gatherings, now is a great time to pass forward something which would likely result in mass protests or gatherings
0: canada you're supposed to be our older wiser better sister here yeah
1: not really not really and so yeah that's story number one i guess is just you know rehashing that point
0: i needed not a fun size pepsi today <laughs> i needed the full leaded
1: <laughs> uh this next story is like two or three stories kind of oh, rolled up into no. one so i guess it's like a little story eh, it's not it's not the worst Okay. All right. This summer was the hottest ever recorded, officially. Uh-huh. So that was news. June, July, and August were 2.1 degrees Fahrenheit above the 20th century average, according to the uh, National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. Last month was also the second hottest August ever recorded around the globe. So that's not great. Uh, and of course, here in but, California... But
0: sort of normal
1: Exactly. Exactly. Every
0: year is the new hottest summer. Yeah. It's so hot now.
1: Yeah. So it's that hot, and... Obviously, that has many, many results, including the fact that the entire West Coast is on fire. Mm -hmm. And we're going to talk more about that later on in the podcast. But just know that your friend Donald Trump visited Sacramento this past week. I did know that, Uh, and I know that you were out there uh, with your MAGA hat on, you know, supporting the president uh, (laughs) as he gazed out at the you know burning ruin of our state
0: and told us it was our fault. Mm, yeah,
1: he did a, repeat that bizarre claim that he makes where basically the, fo- fire, the forests are on fire because we don't rake them enough.
0: What is... Okay, please continue.
1: But uh, yeah, r- we're moving on. That's not even the... That's
0: old I don't news. know where to get
1: to that. But what happened is, so we had a roundtable discussion with a bunch of, you know, people at the Air Force Base up north of Sacramento. And at that discussion, somebody told him that they really hoped he would take the information about climate change seriously, you know, because that's what's causing all these fires and donald trump said it'll start to get cooler you just watch
0: he did say that
1: and so the california environmental official uh who challenged him basically said i wish science agreed with you is what he said flat out and then trump said okay well i don't think science knows actually (laughs) this was the actual quote from our president
0: he is a really smart guy
1: yeah meanwhile you
0: know what eloquence is what he is just synonymous with
1: Meanwhile, Joe Biden said that the destruction and mounting death toll of the fires require stronger presidential leadership, and he labeled Donald Trump a climate arsonist.
0: You know, I think the only route he can go is just to say how bad Trump is, not really how good he is. I think that's his only true His big selling
1: point is not Trump.
0: Is not Trump. It's not I'm really great. I wasn't your number one pick. Doesn't matter. I'm not Trump, is all he's basically. He's just winking that. You have no other choice. I'm not Trump.
1: All right, Corinne, this uh, next story I labeled 20 years of absolute failure.
0: Is this recycling?
1: No. Well, yes, it's everything. (laughs) Uh, In a completely unsurprising yet somehow still infuriating news, the world has failed to meet a single target to stem the destruction of wildlife and life-sustaining ecosystems in the last decade, according to a recent report. Uh, from the UN on the state of nature. From tackling pollution to protecting coral reefs, the international community did not achieve any of the 20 biodiversity targets they agreed to in 2010. This marks the second consecutive decade in which they have failed to meet a single target. Killing it. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't even know what This report say. was released just days after the World Wildlife Fund's uh, yearly living planet report, which was equally grim (laughs) which said that basically uh global wildlife populations are in just absolute free fall which we've already talked about a little bit just so nothing new but still infuriating and depressing news Mm. yeah which is uh what leads us to our next story oh my god Uh, thousands of migrating birds have inexplicably died in southwestern u.s in what ornithologists are describing as a national tragedy so you heard about the story? I did
0: hear about A friend of mine posted this, and something to the extent of, you know those horror movies or, or disaster movies that start off with a news show in the background that barely pays attention to, but then basically leads way into the plot of what horrible thing, and then he posted the image of the, all these birds dying out of nowhere sort of a deal.
1: Flycatchers, swallows, wobblers are among the species that are falling out of the sky as part See, of a mass die-off. that's the thing I off. don't
0: understand. They fly, they, if you're dying, do they not go to the ground? If they know well, they're dying?
1: There's a little bit of both. Basically, these are migrating birds. So this mass die-off has spread across New Mexico, Colorado, Texas, Arizona, and farther north, all the way into Nebraska, uh, and growing concerns that it could be hundreds of thousands of dead birds already. Uh, many carcasses that they've discovered have a very little fat reserves or muscle mass left. Basically, the birds are trying to migrate south on so little... Are they starving? Um, basically, yeah, they're starving to death. They've basically gone till they can't go no more, and they're falling out of the sky. Ugh. So there's a couple of things that play into this, all of it climate change related. As we said, they're long-distance migrants flying south from tundra landscapes. During this migration, it's crucial that they land every couple of days to refuel, right? Mm Because if you're a bird with, you know...
0: It's a lot of exertion here. A lot
1: of exertion for something whose heart is like the size of an M&M, right? (laughs) Is Uh, that? Yeah, so these things need fuel. They need food and water. And, of course, the entire western half of the United States is on fire right now.
0: Not a lot of foodsies.
1: So, not a lot of places places to land. There's (sighs) smoke everywhere, making it really difficult to find food or whatever. Uh, On top of that, there's the fact that the Arctic is getting warmer. And so, it could be that there's, like, that natural cue to leave too early. Mm. So, again, these systems are finely tuned. And oftentimes, like something blooms and it just basically triggers the migration. It's like, okay, now it's time to go because now this stuff is actually available for us to eat down south. And as they're leaving earlier, it's not quite ready. And they're just basically coming to places where there is no food. And so they're not quite sure exactly what it is. It could also be, like I said, all the smoke. I mean, I'm sure you've seen the satellite images of the smoke. I've also there. been living in yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I mean, these birds have to fly through it. Yeah. That could be confusing them and maybe, maybe making I'm it harder for them breathing, to find.
0: It's not good for them either. They're yeah, tiny, maybe it could be inhaling all of lungs. this
1: smoke while they're, you know, beating their little hearts out, God, flying is thousands really of This depra- Is
0: this the worst one you have? This is the
1: worst story okay. I have. I think we I ended up this. I knew it,
0: and it's still terrible. Just getting the details of it is more. It to just find. is
1: really sad, is the thing with this story.
0: It's just when you think about how, how much precision goes into Earth, like how how perfect earth really truly is or was <laughs> because you know the birds see that this certain thing's happening and their instincts fly so that it gets them here safer and it's like all of these amazing things that interact and we have just ruined the just most just kicked the perfect absolute dog shit planet. out of, all of it the only place only good thing we have
1: yeah depressing so yeah this ties back to that whole biodiversity issue which we were talking about right before this right Uh, Since 1970, the total bird population of the U.S. uh, and Canada has decreased by 3 billion birds. So we talked about this a couple weeks ago, a month, uh, you know, a few months ago. But what bothers me about this, again, is to hit that point home, just to really drill down on it. That's 3 billion birds lost since 1970. But 1970 is that shifting baseline syndrome, right? right? We had already kicked the crap out of the planet by 1970. Right. And so I actually just decided to really go down this rabbit hole today. Oh, no. And so Rachel Carson wrote the book Silent Spring in 1960, in the early 1960s, about how many birds were killed during the 1950s due to the use of pesticides and DDT and stuff like that. Child's play. So, again, we lost just absolute... Amazing numbers of birds in the immediate aftermath of World War II, so much so that the book was titled Silent Spring because there was no bird song. That, of course, was just the loss of birds that still existed in the 1940s. Before that, we had already lost the five billion passenger pigeons alone because they already went extinct. So just to put a, like a, a fine point on just how, like, we tend to think of the natural environment we see today as some sort of, like, pristine, like, if you go to a national park or you go to a wild place, and you're like, oh, how beautiful and how uh, full of life it is, and, mm-hmm. you know, it, and it is, and yet.
0: It's trash. We're, we're completely forgetting <laughs>
1: what used to be yeah. there yeah like the things that aren't there anymore that you don't even know aren't there anymore yeah. you know like we have a, a small town just south of sacramento called elk grove and i dare you to find an elk there anymore
0: was there ever elks yes, or groves
1: there were elks and groves and grizzly bears and all sorts of stuff i don't there, believe it but not <laughs> anymore so i mean yeah i just got really angry about the whole shifting baseline thing but yeah birds falling out of the sky That's the real kind of news. Well, actually, no, that's not. I have more news. Oh, God.
0: (laughs) Kill it. God, I thought maybe you were done with those.
1: Nope. We are almost done, Corinne. Mm. I've got one more story. This one I saw just yesterday. So you know that there are mountain lions that live in the mountains just north of L.A., right?
0: Yeah, I do. Every once in a while, they'll find their way down to L.A. Everyone freaks out and kills it.
1: Yeah, or someone hits one with a car on the 101 or something. The problem is that it's a very small mountain range down there, the Santa Monica Mountains. And it's basically boxed in, right, by freeways and development and the ocean. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that scientists have been very concerned about is the population bottlenecking. Basically, so the the genetic stock gets a little weak, right? Oh, they start, they start getting start inbreeding. weird. They
0: start getting kind of the royals.
1: <laughs> yes, exactly. The Habsburg uh, chin or whatever, right? <laughs> uh, so, And that is exactly what scientists are starting to discover in Ooh. some alarming finds this year. Uh, The mountain lions in the Santa Monica Mountains are starting to have uh, L-shaped tails, so like kinked tails with like a sharp kink in them. And one of the the male ones didn't have a fully distended testicle. And these are, I guess, classic signs of inbreeding in mountain lions. Uh Uh-oh. And so, yeah. Okay, I have a
0: question. Classic signs of inbreeding in mountain lions. How did they discover this? They just started breeding them in captivity and found that, oh, God, these weird things happen when we keep having them sleep with their sisters
1: that's part of it we also saw these exact same signs with the florida puma okay um earlier so we'll get to that a little bit later i'm glad good question corinne keeping up on <laughs> for it.
0: your viewers
1: obviously biologists have known that inbreeding was going to be a big risk and a 2016 study predicted a near 100 chance that the lions of the santa monica mountains would be extinct near within one- 50 years
0: <sighs> near 100 <100%. laughs> percent
1: Due to the genetic <laughs> bottleneck, okay. we do have a success story though that they could potentially mimic, okay. which is as I mentioned before the Florida panther
0: puma. I thought well, same day. Okay.
1: So the Florida panther, there were less than twenty in Florida, and they found the kink tails and the sort of same situation with them, and they again genetic bottleneck, not enough of them. But a reintroduction plan introduced pumas from Texas, mm. so they took mountain lions from another state, brought them in to up the population in Florida. Mm. And they interbred with the Florida population, and they actually really, you know, added to the gene pool. And they actually got rid of those things. So they, the Florida panthers are actually recovering. Um, there's still not a ton of them, but there are 120 or 200 or so. So this they success know. story,
0: they're going to—they're going to try and do it over here.
1: Possibly, who knows? I doubt it, simply because this population is so close to Gone. LA. Um, well, it's the same size as the Florida one, but I don't know if they have a big enough area. Like I don't know, but there is a success story that means this isn't entirely hopeless for the LA mountain lion.
0: Okay, we'll consider that hopeful.
1: So we're going to end on <laughs> that good bit of news, Corinne. Great. That's the, that's the news for today. Like what, I said, not what a are
0: ton you of. Into if not the news.
1: Well, we're going to still talk a little bit about the news, but it's going to be more of a generalized conversation. Mm. We've kind of talked about this before on the podcast, and it's come up a lot this week on like internet forums i'm in a couple of like liberal prepper groups and you know, I follow the news and I saw a couple of articles posted about that this week, actually just on, you know, major media sites. So I think it's something we could talk about again, which is basically like, where are going to run to because of climate oh, change Oh, this
0: again? Yeah.
1: And again, it's a good time to kind of take stock in the planet right now, just in the United States. Let's go over what's happening as we speak, not it's... to mention the coronavirus pandemic, which of course is going on everywhere. But there are over 900 fires that have been burning in California alone right as well as hundreds in oregon washington colorado and elsewhere in the west well we can get fatigued from the whole like the west is on fire every summer story and it can seem like oh this is an every year thing it is actually really remarkable what is happening right now in california fires have burned more than six times as much land as they did all of last year
0: and last year was probably the biggest before Yeah. yeah
1: Three, well, uh, it wasn't quite the biggest, but yeah, it was one of them. Uh, Three of the largest fires in California history are burning simultaneously in a ring around San Francisco.
0: Killing it.
1: Right? So, I mean, again, yes, the West is on fire every year, but this is actually a bigger deal even than just that. Over 100,000 people have been forced to evacuate, and the death toll for these fires is now over 34 people. Elsewhere... Uh, Hurricane Laura just pounded Louisiana with 150 mile per hour winds, right, mm-hmm. and killed at least 50 people. And it was the 12th named storm form that year, or at that point, which is a record that early in the year. Now, Florida was just battered with what National Hurricane Center is calling historic and catastrophic flooding from Hurricane Sally, the 20th named storm of the summer, which dropped three feet of rain in spots in 24 hours. Uh, After making landfall almost exactly where Hurricane Ivan fell 16 years earlier, like to the day, Hmm. like the exact spot and location on Florida uh sally is currently slowly moving north causing massive flooding and tornadoes in georgia and the carolinas four additional storms are off the coast but we may well have already named the 21st storm by the time this gets edited and aired
0: this is making me think more about the naming of these hurricanes Well, we're
1: going to talk about that (laughs) yes because the 21st storm is named wilfred and that is actually the last official name of in the book that they have each year so every year they assign names by letters of the alphabet yeah. So it starts with the A's, goes yeah. to. They don't the get ends. to Z, huh? They, they don't have them for the. Wilfred is the last one they have.
0: That's Once, the last hurricane. No more hurricanes, well, guys. We can't do it.
1: One year in the past. So the record year uh, for hurricanes, they actually did what we're going to have to do this year, which is move on to the Greek alphabet. Yeah, you know, like Alpha, Beta, Epsilon, that sort of stuff. Why don't stuff? they just
0: start back over with A and different names? The, That's my suggestion. Don't when did know. they start naming them? Was that basically to differentiate yeah. and to give news a way to describe it? Different
1: storms rather than a number. And then they retire the names of like big storms. So like I'm sure we won't see another Hurricane Sally. Yeah, 2020 is on pace to be the most active hurricane season in history. With all of this happening, of course, as we mentioned before, Phoenix, Arizona broke its own record by having 53 straight days of 110 degree heat. Poor, poor, stupid Arizona. Right, and to add to this list, we might want to talk about all of the Midwest floods of 2019, <laughs> which, of course, you know, affected yeah. everyone living—14 uh, million people living so along the course of the Missouri and other rivers, which flooded all over the place. And of course, the flooding in Michigan, which broke a dam and rose the sea level. The Michigan
0: the... was supposed to be our safe place. Yeah.
1: I mean, this is what I'm saying. Minnesota, so,
0: <clears throat> Minnesota,
1: the whole that area. But we'll get to that. So, like, with all of this happening everywhere. Everyone starts to get that kind of like danger tingle, <laughs> it's danger. Like a spider My sense. Senses. Exactly, it's like it's like like a rat on a sinking ship. You're like, where are we going to go? you know what? In all those go?
0: zombie movies, they always want to go to California where the weather is good.
1: Well, that's the thing. So there was actually this week. One of the reasons we're talking about this again is ProPublica released a map that you can actually look at and like it. Like has a time lapse on it or whatever. And at the end of it, they literally go county by county, kind of illustrating what they think the climate effects will be over the next, you know, 50 years or, like or whatever. Like each county's death date. <laughs> Basically, like where you live, where you might want to go, what what you could be How's looking Sacramento out for. are where... Sacramento doing? Sacramento's not terrible, but they do rank every place, every literally every county in the United States. Six conditions. Heat, basic, just pure heat.
0: Oops, we got that one.
1: We'll, we'll go up a little bit there. A wet bulb, which is like the condition where it's not so hot, but the humidity and the heat We're become not deadly. not so humid. Exactly. So there are some places, in fact, like Southern Arizona is one that you wouldn't think of, but the humidity is going to skyrocket there. Uh, they have their reasons why so it's not just the heat but the humidity or like the south where it might only get a couple of degrees warmer but the humidity is going to ratchet up and then it'll be real bad because that wet bulb condition is what can really kill you
0: I n- had never experienced humidity like really in Sacramento when we went to Georgia as kids to visit family members and was in the Georgia like humidity I almost died yeah I was like, my parents were like I don't think she's going to make it
1: she well <laughs> people do die and that's uh, that's why so crop yield right which is important because uh, as the Temperature rises, productivity of the croplands goes down. We
0: have great crops here.
1: We do now. <laughs> uh, sea level rise, of course, very large fires, and general economic damage due to climate change.
0: Okay, so you said, so sea level rise.
1: Sea level rise does actually affect us a little a bit. A little bit. Because we're so close to the delta. So Sacramento County includes a lot of, like, counties on the upper end of the delta. Okay. Uh, so we do get sea level rise affecting us here. Okay. And it raises up the level of the water, which then backs it up. but creates more flood risk.
0: Okay. And then after that was...
1: Just gener- uh, very large fires.
0: We don't have fires in the Sacramento proper.
1: Yeah, we get the smoke because we live in a bowl, but either and
0: ec- way... Ec- and economics, we actually do pretty okay.
1: Sure. So if you want to look at your own county, you can visit the website. Go to projects.propublica.org and then slash climate-migration. Or just Google it and you'll find it there. Sacramento scored 7 for heat, 2 for the wet bulb sort of humidity, 4 for crop yield, four for sea level rise one for very large fires and five for economic damage out of a scale of 10
0: i think that's probably better than a, most cities yeah. in california
1: most most of this, especially like southern california uh, the best places in california the best counties in california mm-hmm. santa cruz and del norte del norte is like uh crescent city far far north california
0: oh sure who wouldn't love so. to live there
1: Yeah. So one thing that this map didn't take into consideration, though, was another story that came out this week about human migration due to climate change. Mm. So there was uh, another report that analyzed 30 different studies of human migration and that kind of shed light on who was actually moving where and why. Okay. Which I think is really interesting because in California or in the United States, we have a really bad understanding of how immigration actually works. And
0: yet we have so much of it.
1: Well... We think we do.
0: Or we think it's a big problem.
1: Yeah. So the rest of the world are already, you know, many places around the world are already fleeing climate change in the form of epic droughts or floods or the human conflicts that are only, you know, accelerated because of climate change. Mm -hmm. And while we get like the news stories here that sensationalize, you know... Uh, people coming over the southern border or the african migrants going to europe or things like this that's really not the majority of mass migration the vast majority of migrants actually move within the same country from the countryside to urban areas or they move like from one middle income country to another middle income country so it's not necessarily people from Mm -hmm. somalia moving to you know italy or something like that it's people moving from the countryside where it becomes untenable to a major city for jobs or economic reasons or because, you know, their house burned down in a fire. And then, of course, it also makes sense that you see it more in middle, you know, income countries because migration in of itself is a kind of sign of privilege, right? Right. So they really broke down the the statistics on this. And it makes sense because if you're really wealthy You don't have to move. You can pay to mitigate the vast majority of the problems that you're about to face. That's
0: true. You can buy your own firefighters.
1: You can, like we've seen them buy their own firefighters. We've seen them basically raise their homes up for flooding or put up a seawall or things like this. They can, if you're rich, you don't have to deal with the environment. You can buy a million air conditioners. You can do whatever, right? Yeah. And if you're desperately poor, if you're very poor, it costs money to move
0: absolutely right
1: you can't leave so you get stranded for economic reasons and so what we see is society start to stratify in these areas where the middle has left Mm -hmm. and the society that's left are the rich who don't want to contribute to everybody and the poor who desperately need help and so it becomes this sort of like instigator of social conflict and we saw a little bit of this i guess i think it was last week we talked about the karachi floods the floods in pakistan yeah one of the major causes or one of the major kind of inciting reasons for that was because you had so many people move to the city of Karachi over the last 10 or 15 years. So, again, it's that process. People move from the countryside to the major city, and then the city itself is kind of, you know, incapable of dealing with that, that mass migration. It's a delicate
0: balance, everyone. Be
1: cool. (laughs) Right? But here in the United States, what I think is really interesting is that we've always kind of had the exact opposite movement. So... And most people like flee from the possibility of disaster here in the United States for like the last 30 years, people have moved towards it. <laughs> so we, we, America, yeah, like the fastest growing cities in this country have been Phoenix and Vegas and, or Houston where the hurricanes have hit or, you know, LA obviously. So cities that are in desperate danger of climate change are actually the cities that have been growing the fastest and because you know a part of it is relative wealth right Right. people are like i can live in phoenix when it's 110 i'll just have the air conditioning on or whatever it's
0: cheaper to buy a house i can spend that extra money on ac
1: right but that's that's going to self correct at some point mm-hmm. right and then it's like, where are you going to go? Where are these people? And, and like what, pe- what I think that that first map doesn't take into a consideration is the fact that everyone is going to be moving. So, right. of course, it listed like Vermont as a place that's going to be great, right? Because it doesn't have that many effects of climate change. But if all of the people from New York
0: Move to moved
1: Vermont. to
0: Vermont, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like,
1: is Vermont really going to be that great of a place to go to? Where can you go? Where should you go? So, again, the places where it, you know, they suggest are going to be least impacted are the places we already know, you know, like Upper Peninsula, Michigan or Minnesota, Vermont, um you know, the Pacific Northwest in some cases, although fire is a bigger deal. Would
0: you'd think they wouldn't have so many issues with fires. It should be very wet.
1: Yeah, well, that's not happening right, as much. I know. So, yeah, I mean, when the rainforest can catch fire, it's I, a
0: pretty <laughs> bad sign.
1: Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that that's kind of interesting, the way that, like, Jacksonville, Florida is one of the biggest growing cities in America Who over the last 20 moving years. moving
0: to Jacksonville? Tons of
1: people. It's been on the It a li- is a
0: joke on the good place. How are you people <laughs> doing this right now?
1: But, uh, I mean, that's, I can't think the point. Like, But that's a city that's going to just get rocked by hurricanes for the next, you know, forever. And I, I do see a lot this year, and I understand why. With 2020, everyone's like, oh, man, can't wait for this year to be over.
0: Do, they said that about 2016 when we we're going into... I was like, what, are you, what is wrong with you? It's going to get worse.
1: Yeah. Well, and I think this year, like with climate change, people are starting to understand, but they really don't get it. Like, the climate will never be better than it is right now, guys. This like, is as good as it gets. In, in five years, we're going to be begging for the summer of 2020. <laughs> God. <laughs> it's sad, but true. Mm-hmm. So getting prepared now is really, really important, I think. So, Corinne, I'm going to ask you again. Where would you move if you were going to move anywhere? You, like you said, you're a California person. I'm
0: not middle class, Derek. Yeah, I'm staying poor. But you're poor. not
1: desperately poor. I'm poor. You're pretty poor, but, but you just bought an exercise bike. You're okay.
0: Well, I'm fat, too. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: you know, you get on that bike. Head north.
0: Head north. doesn't really go far. Um, I plan is to stick it out. And most people stick it out, right? No yeah. matter what, they're just going to stick to what they know. Unless there's a sudden exodus of my family leaving, I'm yeah. sticking it here. I would honestly would love to go to Crescent City, but um, I have no plans to go anywhere. And I understand this probably sounds crazy. But Sacramento's not that high of a score.
1: Uh, this is manageable. It's, it's going to get hot. But...
0: And I know it. In <laughs> devil you know.
1: Definitely. I think that's true. I think a lot of people are all... I do find that funny with natural disasters, because here in California, we've talked about a million disasters. One thing we haven't really talked about much on this podcast, earthquakes. In large part, because they're not really a climate change disaster for the most part, although Mm -hmm. fracking and stuff does cause it. Fracking causes it. But the California earthquakes are just simply fault line natural
0: i haven't experienced all that many earthquakes in my life and most of the time when i had experienced them it was in southern california sure so up here in northern california i don't think i've ever been in an earthquake that i've noticed san
1: francisco's had a few right
0: sure san francisco (laughs) has but san francisco i haven't experienced it
1: but one of my point is if you talk to someone from like oklahoma and you tell them you live in california Uh, earthquakes. earthquakes they're scared, like. But for me, I t- think of Oklahoma. and I'm like, I'm gonna Tornadoes. get killed in a tornado. Exactly. Right. Like it's it really is the devil you know. Certainly. Like, I, I can accept the risk of an earthquake. To me, where, you get under a table. Yeah. Real quick. Where, but again, people in Oklahoma will accept the risk of tornado. In the way that they don't Build accept. Build a
0: little house underneath your house that you go to. I, that sounds so much worse.
1: I, I don't know. I'm just saying, like, it is a bit the devil sure, you know. Sure, it is. But at, at some point, though, there's going to be major parts of this country that are going to have to have thousands and millions of people internally displaced, right? And we don't count that as migration, really. Like, mm-hmm. but it's internal displacement. It's someone from one part of the country to another part of the country.
0: Hold on a second. Where are you moving to?
1: The Arctic Circle. Okay. Just get get the jump on everything. Because if go. we just if we just move to <laughs> Crescent City in ten years, we're gonna have to move again.
0: Yeah, but then so, we're getting used to the idea of moving.
1: Get all the way up there and get there first. The get to Barrow, Alaska. That's
0: we're gonna go to Alaska, aren't yeah, we? Exactly. Oh man.
1: I've been saying it since I was twelve. Go to Alaska. Have you? Every time I had to do a state report in in, in school, Alaska.
0: Oh, you would
1: love it. Love it. <laughs> No, I don't know. I mean, I just think it's an interesting question, and obviously, it's a question without a a real answer because it does depend, like you said, on so many personal factors. Mm-hmm. Where do you have family? Where is there opportunities for work? Where is there? These things really do matter. Big you time. can't just look at a map and say, "Oh, well,
0: that makes Northern the most Minnesota
1: sense. is the best place." So that's where I'll go. If you don't know a soul there, you don't have an opportunity it's to not work. like We're there. picking
0: up friends real easy. Yeah,
1: <laughs> you know, like. These are things that really do matter. They do. And some point desperation forces you to go to some place. For the most part, you go where family is or friends or economic opportunity. And mm-hmm. so that's going to make way more of a difference. And then you learn to, to just deal with whatever that risk is. Yeah. But I do think it's good to be prepared and kind of know what's coming. And so checking out that map, the ProPublica kind of zip code thing is a good way to do it. And they kind of go over how things are going to change for everybody. Um, So yeah, I mean, this was just in the news a lot recently this week, so I figured we could talk a little bit more about it. I didn't really have a prepping topic this week because... We can't talk
0: about Pen15 having Season 2 starting today. Have you not watched Pen15? No. Oh, for the love of God, Derek. Season 1, I'm sure I've talked about it, is about two girls in 7th grade in the year 2000. Guess what year I was in 7th grade? The year 2000. It is perfect nostalgia meets hilarity, warmth, Sadness, everything you can imagine, season two today.
1: The Mandalorian season two is the end of the month, the end I'm of October. Not so interested. I mean, Premier League Soccer's back. Mo Salah scored a hat trick. I mean, we talk about that on our other podcast, Mo Salah Today. It could uh,
0: just have you talking and then me sighing. recording basically this podcast. Of me yeah, it's actually pretty similar. <laughs> but I would have nothing to say about soccer. Oh, dear. Uh,
1: No, uh, that was basically all I had. I do have another topic if you want to do some Mm, more nonsense.
0: Maybe. Let's try it out.
1: Okay. All right. So regular listeners know that I have become increasingly concerned about what will happen in the post-election.
0: Oh, yes. Yes.
1: So more developments on this front this week really made me start to think about this. Roger Stone? Well, Roger Stone is one of them, but I just want to remind everyone... (laughs)
0: Derek's going into his really dark face yeah.
1: This was a week of just internet internet rabbit holes that are not good for me oh. not good for my corona depression He's or doing my regular this depression. space
0: that I can only describe as Derek feels bad even telling me about it and actually Derek gets so much delight from destroying <laughs> the light in my heart that I know it's so deep he actually feels bad telling me about it
1: if you remember back corinne to when donald trump was not even the republican nominee he was just another world ago yeah so long ago but he was just the clown running for president and most people thought he was a buffoon
0: everyone thought oh great if he wins hillary's got it in the bank
1: as much as i love to say i told you so at that moment i predicted that donald trump would not only cruise to win the election but would win a second term and i have not strayed from that prediction even now, I believe Donald Trump will actually win a second term. But it is in the air. Possible? It's, a, it's possible Anything he might lose. Is possible. And right now, as horrendous as a second Trump term will be, the possibility that he won't win and what happens immediately after that is maybe more concerning.
0: <laughs> in my best case scenario <laughs> is your worst case scenario. Okay, let's hear it. Because
1: there has been a lot of speculation. That Trump may try to invalidate or refuse to accept the results of this election. speculation.
0: He's flat out said it multiple times since before yeah, prof- the yesterday first election. He
1: tweeted that we may never know the winner of the election that has not yet happened. He... <laughs> <laughs> honestly i wish this was a joke it, i mean it's funny in the sense that there it's hard to remember a day that doesn't go by without donald trump or one of his stooges doing something to undermine the legitimacy of this upcoming election remember
0: when i used to think of russia and be like you fools with your putin and you're they how can you even have how can you even have a, a face of honor rocking around with putin and then i got donald so
1: yeah so i mean donald has made many statements that are clearly designed to kind of, like, prepare the ground uh, to contest mail-in ballots, making unsubstantiated claims about foreign tampering and mass fraud. And at the same time he's doing this, he's also taking steps to... Encouraging double votes. He's taking steps to basically make sure that it's a mess, right? By, like, messing with the post office office and doing these other things.
0: And the post office is a great, great thing. Yeah. I think is the number one... Uh, employer of veterans Something in the United like States? If not, It's like 100,000 veterans are being...
1: The post office, of course, he's messing with. He's also, at a rally, a recent rally, encouraged his brown shirts, uh, I mean his supporters, to basically take part in voter intimidation. He told them to go to the stakeout polling places and hang out there and, quote, watch it. Be poll watchers when you go there. Watch all the thieving and stealing and robbing <laughs> they do because this is important, end quote. You know, his former lawyer, Michael Cohen, uh, when he, you know, testified against Trump, Mm -hmm. you know, he was asked, like, why, you know, for years you were his, you know, his right-hand man. What are you doing? His primary reason for testifying against Trump was because he thought that there would never be a peaceful transfer of power if Trump loses the next election. Oh, my God. (laughs) So, like, that was, this is a guy who knew him as well as anyone, you know, feared the the situation. Okay, here's
0: my question. He refuses to go what happens then because this has never happened
1: so yeah there's a couple of well so yeah what's supposed to happen is what uh you know cooler heads may prevail right so let's say this does happen let's say trump decides that you know he doesn't want to accept the results of the election if he loses right Mm -hmm. in theory uh conservative writer jonah goldberg basically said Yeah, refusing to leave wouldn't give him special powers, like refusing to take off the one ring to rule them all. Refusing to leave would make him the crazy guy the Marines escort out of the building. Right, right. That is what is supposed to happen. Like, in theory, it should be cut and dry. If he loses the election and he actually tries to stay, the military would just take him out of the White House.
0: But not if he tells them they can't.
1: But here's the thing. Like, even if the military does that... Like, if Donald Trump refuses to accept the results of the election, at least one-third of the American population will also refuse to accept the results of the election.
0: Which is actually why Hillary Clinton made a big deal about her actually peacefully accepting the uh, loss. Sure.
1: And so this summer, a bipartisan group of former government officials, political professionals, lawyers, journalists, they actually held a war game sort of thing, where (laughs) they, like, they scenario out things. Yeah. And what might go wrong for the election And basically, it was called the Transition Integrity Project. So you can Google that, Transition Integrity Project. Okay. And you can see, but the results were alarming. Basically, it said anything short of a clear Biden victory in both the electoral college and the popular Popular. vote is going to result in some turmoil in this country. Certainly
0: turmoil. Either way, it's going to be bad, yes.
1: Yeah. And so, like, and it may not even be, like, let's say Donald Trump wins, but there's a contested congressional election right. and donald trump refuses to accept that a democrat beat a republican in a contested house seat or something mm-hmm. right yeah i didn't like, even think about that what's going to happen in a situation like that right because again 30 percent of the population it just rolls with whatever the fuck he says yes so if he says it's not it's fake news that this person didn't win like He'll believe, and again believe it. there may be a big difference between this happening in the presidency and this happening down ticket in right. some way or whatever right right and hysteria can lead to a lot of bad places and it may not be great to like yell fire in a crowded building or like to you know scream that you know this could be happening because it does kind of erode the public trust Mm -hmm. like when you're smelling all this smoke when he's literally saying it and his you know roger stone just said that he should you know declare martial law if he loses and take over and roger stone's an idiot a-hole but the fact that he's not alone in making those kind of statements you know other Mm -hmm. people of the media other you know there's a lot of smoke out there, not just from the fires. It's, you know, it's really something that's very concerning to me. Yeah. And, like, what, what is your moral obligation in a situation like that, right? So as a, just a citizen of the United States or, you know, as someone who lives here and the president refuses to leave or...
0: Well, here's the thing. Do you think he's more likely to refuse to leave or is he more likely to say, this is BS, I actually am being taken out and I rightfully left? Because he's not a strong man, right? He's going to walk right out. He's not going to let them come in and wrestle him down to the floor. You know, he's going to walk out, but he's going to grumble the whole time. Well, he's he's also claimed that the military is on his side. And he's going to have other people start to protest and other people start to, you know, make a big deal out of it. Well, he goes back to his golden hotel or whatever. Sure.
1: I mean, bottom line is, I think that people need to really start kind of, and I think that we'll talk about it here in the upcoming month or two before the election, like, Civil unrest as yes. a prepper topic, and I didn't necessarily think this was something that we needed to talk about during the protests or anything like that, because the protests were incidents of civil unrest that basically you knew what you were getting into. Like if you went down to the protest in Min- in Minneapolis or something during the BLM protest for George Floyd, like you kind of you kind of already bought your ticket there. You know what I'm saying? Like you knew what you were doing when you went you, you, when you were going into that. So I didn't think it was a big topic, but this could result in some real. Generalized unrest everywhere. Mm. You know that, like, what do just normal people do?
0: Normal people are going to keep living.
1: I mean, yeah, like, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. So I'm just saying, it's I am more an ex- and more convinced that November exciting. <sighs> and exciting is the best. Term That's forward. how I'm
0: going. Again, I am this year. I'm just deciding full crazy, wild card, everything, <laughs> throwing it out. It's going to be exciting. I'm going to look. I'm going to look at it like. It's coming either way. I can't stop it. I can only do what I can do. And I'm going to look forward to this wild ride because it's going to be the craziest thing you've ever seen. I it's guess going to be a... crazy either way, Derek.
1: Yeah, that's true. I get, and I guess that's a good enough place to leave it for today. We don't have answers. God, we're just two idiots sitting around a table <laughs> We're only <here>.
0: 507.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Listen to the 504th podcast. They've got an answer to this. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I mean... I was just thinking about that again this weekend, like I said, going down that rabbit hole and just looking at all of the statements from Trump and Trump, you know, mouthpieces and just the groundwork that's being done and like what actual serious, legitimate people are saying, because it's not just me. And I'm generally not a conspiracy theorist. but like, <laughs> this is the thing.
0: Oddly not. And actually, I kind of have a take offense to conspiracy theory, but we won't get into that, I guess. Yeah.
1: Maybe that's a, a nonsense topic for later. So, well, we don't really have a prepper topic today. I guess just... Prepare. Get... Like, yeah, again, the world is a crazy-ass place and you should start getting ready for it. Like...
0: Even just mentally.
1: Physically and mentally, yeah.
0: I bought my bike. I'm going to be in better shape. There you go. All
1: right, guys. Well, thank you for listening to this really uplifting episode (laughs) of the Meeting Up podcast. If you liked us, please subscribe.
0: Even if you thought we were medium, give us a review. If you didn't like us. If you have some constructive criticism, look, clearly, we'll take it to work, you know, take it to heart. Um and uh
1: and reach out because we love hearing from you guys we we will talk to you in a week or so stay safe out there Bye. bye